what's up guys? Uh, welcome back. It is your host, Jaboy Brian Hood. And um, before we jump into this week's episode, I just wanted to talk to you guys about a few things. It might be kind of a long pre-show uh, recording just because I have a lot on my mind, as I'm sure you guys do as well, with the current climate of the world. But before we get into that, and I'm sure you guys want to hear more about that. You're not talking about that every day with everyone on every uh, in every situation on every social media platform. But even so, I will talk about it because that's what's on my mind. If you don't want to listen to it, that's fine. Still do anyways, but feel bad about it and be mad, and that'll be fine. But um, just a real quick update on something. So I released my last podcast episode, just a short episode that I recorded about my uh, grandma, Naomi. Now, I said in the episode that she is my step-grandma, right? <laughs> You know, I didn't claim that she was my biological grandma or whatever, you know. I just – she had married my grandfather, and, and they were together for a long time before he passed away and everything. And I was familiar with her, right? And my family, my mom's brothers, sisters, and everything are still in contact – or were still in contact with her up until the point that she passed away or whatever, you know. And that's where I got all this information from that inspired me to want to record it. So I made my kind of normal social media post about the episode coming out that I did. And of course, since it was about her, I had, I had linked and hashtagged it and everything. And it was mere moments after I had done the post that someone commented on it. And I'd said that she was my grandma in it, right? I didn't, I didn't feel the need to distinct her as a, uh, my step-grandma, which is probably going to clue you in on what the comment was. But the lady said, are you a step-grandchild? Because... Me and my two brothers are the only bio-grandchildren that she had. So I think it's weird when I see posts like this. But she did love her stepchildren and grandchildren. And it was like she, she said, it's weird when I see posts like this, dot, dot, dot. But she did love her step-grand, her children and step-grandchildren. And then <clears throat> that like really annoyed me. I was like... Why does it matter to you so much that I specifically, like, you know, put that distinction that she was my step-grandma? Like, that makes me, like, lesser or something like that. Like, I didn't even know why that was important at all. So, I clicked on this lady's profile, and right away I saw that she had had, like, pictures of, like, the poster from the... um Rosie the Riveter and the uh, pictures of Naomi uh, dressed up as Rosie the Riveter and herself dressed up as Rosie the Riveter. Like, I noticed that right away. And then she said, like, uh, <clears throat> mother, wife, uh, parent, or not mother and parent would be the same thing, but you know. And then she was like, and I also travel the state talking about my uh, grandma, the real Rosie the Riveter, which is what the episode was about, that my grandma was the inspiration uh, for the poster that was made for Rosie the Riveter or, or, or whatever, right? So right away I was like, is that why she's so concerned about it? Because she kind of does it partially as a living or whatever, you know? She goes around talking about her or whatever, so she's just constantly watching the hashtag so that she can scold anybody that talks about it in a way that she doesn't like. I don't know. I don't I don't even know. But I sat and I thought about it for a while and I wrote up like a response multiple times, you know? And I I, I didn't even know what to say. I was just so annoyed by it. So at first I was like, "Yes, 
I am a step-grandchild. My grandfather, uh, Charles Fraley, married her uh, after my mother, Patricia Hood, uh, was already born or whatever. And I had written all that out and I actually wrote it a few different times and then I was like, I don't need to explain myself to this lady. Like, I don't even know why she even cares. It's so strange to me. So instead, I just deleted all of it and just said, yes. <clears throat> yes, I am a step-grandchild. And then she said, oh, okay, I figured. Nice to meet you. Um, she was an amazing woman. And I'm putting that attitude <clears throat> in the way that I'm like saying it because I felt like that was the attitude that she was giving or whatever, but I could be, you know, maybe putting that in place, but it just bothered me. And then I said, yes, she was. I, di I didn't really get a chance to know her very much when she was alive, uh, but through my uncle, uh, Johnny, and through countless articles that I read about her, I learned a lot about her, and that was awesome. So I tried to spin it in a good way. I tried to be like, hey, I didn't really know her that well. I'm making no claim on her. I'm just saying that I felt like it was a cool thing. It was, it, And it wasn't even so much that I feel like, and, and I'm not trying to talk you know, ill about her or anything like that because she was a very sweet lady or whatever. It's not even so much that I feel like she was some kind of legendary inspiration or whatever. I feel like she was a very sweet lady. She focused a lot on God and other people and stuff. So she was inspirational in that way. So the thing that, interest, uh, that was interesting to me about the story is that for so many years, she didn't know that that photo was the inspiration for that poster. And for so many years, that photo was on display in a museum giving uh, with the name of someone else on it. And then years later, when she's in her 80s, she finds that photo, finds out that, hey, that's a photo of me. Oh, that photo was the inspiration for the poster. Oh, that means I was the inspiration for the poster. Like, it's just a, it's an interesting thing to just find out so later in life, you know, when that picture was taken in the 40s. You know, it's just crazy. <clears throat> it's a crazy kind of turn of events. So that's what I thought was interesting about the story. But, yeah, that annoyed me, so I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, but we will dive into the things that have been weighing on my mind a, a bit more. Because what's funny is I had talked to you on, on the podcast about how I wanted to maybe do some voice stuff. So I was asking friends about it that do voiceover stuff and everything and, and people that do acting and stuff just to see, you know, where I might be able to throw in my, you know, audition or what have you, you know. And um, a friend of mine said, oh, I have some friends that narrate audiobooks if you want to um, submit it or whatever. So I went on this website. It's, a, it's in Spokane Valley, which is right next to uh, the city that I live in, uh, Coeur d'Alene. And... He said they pay pretty good, they treat their people really good and all that, so, you know, I should throw it in there. So I went on or whatever, and it said to send an audio recording of me um, reading a book with different distinct character voices. And I thought I could do that, and I think I, I still do think that I can, but I found out that it was harder than I thought to stick with some voice that you'd came up with. Like, there actually is a skill in... 
deciding what's what's what the difference is going to be. You're like, okay, this character will be very grabbly or whatever, you know, or it'll be like, this character's gonna be light and annoying, you know, whatever. And then remembering that and going back and forth between it and remembering what your kind of natural narrator voice should be like, you know, in between it and everything and not mixing up them. Like, I feel like there actually is more skill to that than I would, than I would have taken into consideration. So I did submit a... Um, <clears throat> I did submit a um, audition or whatever you want to call it to them, but it was interesting though because I felt like it wasn't that great, and I felt like it wasn't that great because all I could do for a female character voice was just to make them speak a bit lighter, you know, just you know, like oh yeah, no, no, no. like you know, which I don't know if that helps or whatever because I like to really try to focus on pronunciation uh, and enunciation and just really make the words clear especially when I'm reading books and I actually uh, me and my wife do this thing where I read books to her so that's already something that I'm in the habit of doing and I do like to do different character voices and stuff like that so if a character pops up that happens to be like Russian or whatever I'll be like hello my name is Boris and I'm I'm uh going to kill you or whatever you know like I, I try to make them distinctly different you know the different characters which I don't know if she enjoys or cares about or whatever so I realized that I already did that but when you're doing it to that degree uh I feel like it's just a little bit different and it does take a certain amount of skill one thing I also noticed when I was listening to an audiobook afterwards because I actually am also familiar with it because I listen to a lot of audiobooks one thing I came to understand when listening to an audiobook afterwards because I'm listening to the Witcher books right now or not books I'm listening to the first book I had started listening to it and then I paused it and then I've gotten back to it uh as of recently I came to understand that I was reading too fast and I know it sounds a bit weird because you probably want to you know make it the, the audio recording not be too long or whatever but I think people actually enjoy the longer recording when someone takes their time with the dialogue really like digs into it with emotion and inflection and everything so I was trying to get through probably too much too fast you know because it's better like for instance you know if if, if the book says like I would never you know I would never uh, cross the lord that way cross the lord I would never come you know come in arms against you know our king like that I've been loyal since my first breath or whatever, you know, that would have less impact if he was just like, I would never do that to the, to the king. I've been loyal since my very first breath. Like the f the quicker you burn through it, the less weight you're putting on the words that you're saying. And I didn't really realize that. So it's 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 about finding a happy medium in getting through the dialect, but also kind of chewing it up, you know, like really putting it out there. So I don't know. And that's there's probably not anything that's going to come from that, to be honest. But I think I felt like it was a cool exercise. And then there was someone else that I got in contact with who does improv in Spokane that I've worked with once before on a drink and debate show. Uh, I really haven't had a conversation with her, but we were already friends on Facebook because the way that comedy, the comedy scene works with Facebook, if they know your face or, they, or they've heard your name somewhere, they're probably going to add you because we all try to network with each other. We all try to support each other, you know. Uh, as 
as best we can, you know? And I'm not saying that we're great about it, and I'm not saying that it's as intentional as maybe it could be, but I feel like that's the way that it works. Like, I feel like anybody that's even gone and went to an open mic, if I recognize their name, then I will accept their friend request, and there's a lot of people that if they recognize their name, they will add them, because they want to have as many people as possible on their friends list that they know are fans of comedy. It makes sense to me. <clears throat> so yeah, I was friends with her. I picked her brain about it because she does posts on her Facebook about how she does voiceover work. And she gave me some tips, which is cool. I didn't expect that, actually. She gave me a lot of tips. She told me that she would be willing to like coach me for whatever I felt like was fair. Uh, she could help me with getting a promo clip to submit to these, you know, two different agencies that she knows of and everything. And she told me how I can practice my different character voices, how I can listen to people that do that to ads and things like that. Cause she said that more than likely what I would be doing is like radio ads and things like that. Having a, you know, I, I she didn't say this, but I assume having like a, a deep male voice, that's where <clears throat> you'll probably get most of your work or whatever. I don't know. But, um, I thought that was very cool and I was, I was going to do that. You know, I was thinking about it, you know, and then all of a sudden, obviously what happened happened. You know, we were, we were all hearing the echoing of this virus and how it was spreading and all that stuff. But we'd heard that with, you know, West Nile and the bird flu and the swine flu and the freaking two cockatiel flu and the freaking orangutan flu, whatever, uh, Spanish, Spanish flu. That was one of them. I mean, we, we'd heard of all these other things, right? And we hear about the devastation that's in other places, but they never seem to get the, all the way here. So we all were kind of approaching it very lightly. So I wasn't thinking about that. And now, you know, we've gotten to a point where obviously things have, have changed very drastically. Uh, for me, the impact that it's had, I was, I had a court date in April, uh, and it was in Arizona, which is where I'm from. So I'd planned a trip, I'd planned a show, uh, and that's been, uh, they, I got something in the mail that said that that's been moved to over the phone. So I submitted something to cancel that flight and get a refund because I did buy the cancellation plan. Luckily, not that they probably wouldn't have still done it for me because I heard that basically if you mention the coronavirus and you have a trip coming up, that they, they will, um refund it for you or whatever. At least I'm hoping. I don't know. Um, but what I would imagine is that they have they're super duper overwhelmed with that kind of thing because no one's traveling right now no one's even leaving their house in a lot of places so i'm being patient about it but that wasn't the only trip actually that we had to cancel me and my wife were actually going to go to jamaica as well because the company uh that we both uh work with uh has this way of earning a trip and we've already been on she's been on like three of them i've been on no she's been on like four of them i've been on two of them something like that um and <clears throat> yeah, so we were going to go to Jamaica, and then we were excited about that, and then all this started happening, and then we waited and waited, like we were like, maybe it'll it'll blow over by that time or whatever, and then it was canceled. They said, yeah, we're not going to do it. We'll have to reschedule it or whatever. So then we also had to submit for that to be canceled. So we're just kind of sitting on our hands with those, you know, because that's, that's between, like the first flight was only like 200, the second one was like 1,200, so we're sitting on like 1,400 uh, possibly being refunded to us. So, I mean, it's it's no small amount. Um, and then also business has been kind of taking a dive as well because what we work in is is sales and people aren't really, you know, health and wellness sales, and people aren't 
really too wrapped up in, in, in the kind of health and wellness kind of thing. It's more of a, a vanity kind of pursuit in a lot of ways, you know, cause like, I feel like it is good for people to, to be healthy, but it, it's not, doesn't take priority in situations like this. So, I mean, it's been suffering and most businesses for obvious reasons have been suffering. So because of that, one of my side gigs I was doing is I deliver uh, food and groceries and stuff like that to people, um, <clears throat> through an app. I won't say which one cause it doesn't really matter. And I figured that that would blow up, you know, and that people would use that a lot more. And since I live in Idaho, and Idaho was one of the last ones to actually even have a case registered in, um, the the impact was much slower. And it was weird to watch, actually, because we'd see things on the news and, and from our friends on Facebook and everything about, like, these crazy things that are happening and stuff like that. And really, at the beginning, when we were seeing all of this, the only impact that we had was all the toilet paper was gone. That's all. Like, I mean, and then some of the other stuff. Some of the other stuff would start taking off, like, uh, like flour and yeast and stuff like that. It was hard to find. But that was about it. There wasn't a lot of craziness. And so it was interesting to watch because it was like watching it, like, uh, from inside a fishbowl, you know? Like, you're watching the house all around you while you're in a little glass container being like, hmm... And then it just it keeps it keeps building, you know, the the tension, the the escalation, the things that are happening, and I I wasn't noticing things that were happening uh, because I, I'm a kind of person that's kind of oblivious to things in general unless there's something that like draws my attention. Like I'm kind of just you know in my own head, like yeah, you know, I wonder what's going to happen on the next episode of whatever, you know, like that's just kind of how my brain works. And <clears throat> because of that, like my my wife was trying not to leave the house. The kids obviously had this, had school canceled. She's been uh, doing some homeschooling stuff with them, which I love her for because I think that's very important because we don't know how long this is going to be for. And we don't just need them vegetating on their respective devices. So she's trying to teach them uh, all kinds of different stuff, which I thought was really cool and sweet, and I love her for that. And... Um, but I've been going and working a lot. Like, anytime I can grow up a shift and, and go or whatever, <clears throat> I do. And I've been trying to be very careful. Uh, hand sanitizer, Lysol wipes, you know, trying to touch as, as few things as I can. Washing my hands as often as I can. Which is actually difficult because a lot of the businesses that you go into, uh, they are takeout only, you know. So because of that, they shut down their bathrooms and they won't let anyone in there. Which I get. But, you know, that means that I'll spend hours, you know, just using hand sanitizer, Lysol wipes, stuff like that before I can come home and actually wash my hands. <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know. It makes for some interesting situations. I've, I've seen so many kind of strange things, how it's, how it's progressed. Because when I first... When they first started finally implement, implementing these restrictions or whatever, right? Uh, it was the, you know, just the public gathering, right? And then it was the social distancing and all that. People weren't taking it serious. It wasn't something that I could even really see much of an impact on. You could see the impact in the businesses because the businesses literally took all of their chairs and they put them in a corner and they would put, like, you know... Uh, rope in front of them so you couldn't go sit down or they flip all their chairs up onto the top of their tables you know or remove all of their chairs actually from the restaurant so that you couldn't sit down that's what i was seeing because i'm picking up food all day or whatever but you'd still see a lot of people in there right so the restrictions were kind of um lax right and then there was one time i went into um 
a pizza place to pick up some pizza, right? And they were, they were super busy. They had two people working there, and when I think normally they have three to four people working there. So there's these people trying to make, uh, take the orders, make the pizza, cut it up, put it out, all of that stuff with just these two people. So naturally it was really busy, and there was definitely a lot of people in there, like, <coughs> sorry, um, probably 30 or something like that. And I think that was already when the restriction of, of public gathering was supposed to be about 10 or so, right? And I just remember thinking, like, none of these people are trying to stay away from each other. Like, it's just, no, it's not happening. And I was, you know, like, not super extreme, but I was kind of just keeping my own my own distance or whatever, waiting for stuff. And I, and I saw this one group of, like, six, seven people that ordered a bunch of pizza. And then after they got their pizza, like, it literally, there's signs all over the store that says, take your food and go. And they just go and stand next to a table and chat for a long time <clears throat> inside this restaurant. And I was like... <clears throat> go you're literally making it to where people like can potentially be uncomfortable and afraid like get out of here and what was also weird is uh through the app that i that i use for it or whatever we were getting emails saying that we're going to default to no no contact for everything because that's always been an option people can just say drop it off at my door or whatever you know but they were going to default for that being that and they said so when we update the app that's going to be the default that's what everyone's going to do still haven't done it to this day or at least in my area so <clears throat> so i'm still handing food and groceries or whatever to people directly right for days you know and washing my hands and all that or whatever you know uh and i feel like i'm doing a service that's helpful to people because obviously they're trying not to leave their house so i leave my house so they don't have to or whatever so and i'm I, obviously i'm making money i'm not doing it for any kind of selfless reason or whatever you know but i feel like it's helpful in that way which i like um but it's it's helped me to see the progression of things you know like because as time has gone along, I went back to that same pizza place later, and they literally had a sign on the front that said, you know, only 10 people inside. If there's more than 10 people, you will be asked to wait outside. And then still, while I was there, there was a group of people there, a family, and this little girl was rubbing her hands and tongue all over the glass that's on the, like, in front of the station where they make the pizza. And I couldn't help but have the thought, like, that little girl's dead. She's gonna die. <laughs> she literally is gonna lick everything while they're out and about or whatever like yeah it's it's just an inevitability sad day but yeah so i saw <clears throat> like a visible change there and then i went into a pawn shop because i was looking for we were looking for a nintendo uh switch uh, because uh, Animal Crossing was coming out, the new one, and I really wanted to play it or whatever, and I know that my wife had been wanting one, so we were like, yeah, we'll get a Switch or whatever, right? So she said, you should check a pawn shop. So I go to the pawn shop, and there's a table blocking the door with, like, a little sign-up sheet, and I was like, are they, is there, like, a petition going on, a poll, like, what's going on? And they say, go ahead and come in. So I didn't know what it was all about, and then I went in, and I said, you guys don't happen to have any Nintendo Switches, do you? And he's like, oh, no, all of our stores are out of them, which I thought nothing of. I was like, okay, they just don't have any right now. You know, people are bored at their house. Maybe they wanted Switches or whatever, right? <clears throat> And then I see people coming, trying to come in from behind me, and he's like, sorry, we already have more than, um, we can only have five people in the store because we can only have a total of ten with the people that work here. Uh, we also ask that you stay at least six feet apart, uh, or we'll ask you to leave. Uh, but since we have people, you know, that many people inside, you can sign up here. There's a waiting list here to get inside of the store. And then I was like, huh, because that was the first time I'd seen, like, an actual kind of, like, 
super drastic restriction or whatever, you know? So I was like, oh, it's interesting, like, seeing how things are, are progressing. And then I left, because I obviously, they didn't have the Switches there or whatever, right? But on my quest for the Switch, though, it, uh, I just went ahead and typed in Nintendo Switch, right? Because I was like, that's what we wanted. Uh, and uh, I just decided to call GameStop real quick, and I said, hey, do you have one at the, you know, at the store? And they were like, yeah, we have... Uh, I, I, no, I asked if they had a used one, because we were trying to get it for... Uh, you know, as cheap as we could. And they had a used one, but it was like $20 off of the of the new one. So I called my wife and asked if I should go get that one. And she's like, no, if it's only $20 off, like, screw them. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'll go pick one up at Target, because it said that they were in store. Went to Target, didn't have any. Went to Walmart, didn't have any. Called, all the other Walmart Walmarts don't have any. Went on the internet, all sold out on the GameStop, uh, GameStop website. Uh, obviously, I zipped right over after Target. I forgot to mention that. the It had been a half an hour, basically, since I called them or something like that, and the other used one was gone. So I was like, what the heck? Does everyone and their mom want to switch? And yes, they did. Everyone and their mom did want to switch. They were sold out, like, nationwide everywhere. It was insane. Because uh, we went on the, on, on the Internet, and we were going to, like, Walmart.com, Target.com, even for, like, delivery or in-store pickup. You know, Best Buy dot com, Best Buy. You know, the actual store everywhere, <laughs> they just were sold out everywhere. And not only that, but people that had bought them all up were putting them onto uh, eBay and Amazon and all those sites, uh, marked up three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars, depending upon you know what version it was. Because I guess there was like a special Animal Crossing one that people were trying to get five hundred dollars for. They didn't even have the game. It just had little Animal Crossing things painted on it or whatever. And I'm like, who gives a crap? Why are you going to pay an extra freaking uh, $200 for that? Like, you're retarded. Um, so, or that would be dumb. I'll say that. And yeah. So, it was interesting because I was like, well, we're not getting one of those, obviously. And we, And she was like, I'm sad. I really want one because that made us want it more, obviously, because people... People seem to have that mentality where if you can't get something, then you want it that much more, you know? It's fairly common uh, human nature, unfortunately. And then we get a call the next day from my wife's friend, and she's like, I'm at the Post Falls Walmart. They have three switches here. Like, what are you guys even talking about? The first store I go to has them. Like, why are you guys saying they're sold out everywhere? Blah, blah, blah. Right? So we're like, oh, cool. So we hop in the car, we go to that Walmart, we go, we grab it up. And when the guy goes over to grab it up, he was like, wait, we have some? And I was like, yeah, they're in the case over there. And he was like, oh, crazy. So he grabs it up and he was like, these must have been the ones that they had in the back. In our computer, it said that we had three in stock, but we couldn't find them in the back right? They just, they just couldn't find them. So they must have found those three that they had in the back because people have been calling like constantly and coming into the store constantly looking for them. And I was like, oh, I guess we got really, we got lucky then. He's like, yeah, really lucky. And I was like, okay. And then I said, can I also get a copy of Animal Crossing or whatever? Because that's what I wanted. And he goes, oh, we have copies of those too? 
And he was like, yeah, because everyone's been calling about that and everything too. I expected that I would be sold out of that. So I don't know if it's, a, yeah, I don't know if it's that Animal Crossing came out because I know that when a new kind of popular series game comes out, you know, sometimes they'll just sell out all of all the systems or whatever for literally the people that are buying the system to play that one game that they remember and that they like or whatever, you know, or that they're excited about or that they heard was good, whatever. And so it could be that, or it could be a combination of these people are cooped up in their house, you know, so they want, you know, to play around with stuff, you know, want to have something to do for the next, you know, however many weeks that they're going to be forced to stay inside their house at gunpoint by the military or whatever extreme circumstance ends up coming to be. But we got lucky in that sense, and, you know, we grabbed up one, and we've been playing that, and that's pretty cool, and I've been enjoying it. But yeah, that was showing, uh, again, some kind of weird kind of natural progression of things. And then just basically yesterday, this is like on a daily thing. There's one thing I noticed that I thought was pretty weird because I've been going out, right, and driving, right? So when you drive, you need gas, right? Makes sense. Uh, so in my area, uh, gas had gotten up to about like, yeah, it was usually like $3.36 or uh, 36 cents, something like that. Was it over three? I think it was. Maybe it was two. No, I think we were at two. I think we were like $2.36, something like that, right? And I go to get gas, and I was like, oh, it's down to three and a quarter. That's cool. And this was pretty quick after all this stuff kind of really started escalating. Then the next day, it was down to $1.99, less than $2. And I hadn't seen gas at, at less than $2 that I can remember in our area. Uh, it could be in other areas. And obviously in California it's that as well. So I was like, man, why? Why would gas be going down? And I thought about it like if there's less people that are leaving their house, there's less need to buy gas. So the companies are probably just like, please, if we make it real cheap, come buy it or whatever. And I remember uh, Lacey told me last night that my mom told her to go out and buy a whole bunch of gas because the gas stations are probably going to shut down. Which I don't know that that's true. That seems a little like weird and doomsday-y to say or whatever, you know. But... I mean, if I had a giant tanker or whatever and I could just go and grab up a bunch right now, I probably would because it's going to go back up uh, when things calm down. But it's just interesting to see all the impacts that it has. But yeah, I feel like today, though, was when it finally took a foothold in, in Idaho, where, where they finally were coming to terms with it. Because I've been going out every day. Like I said, I've been delivering um, food and groceries and stuff every day. So... Today when I go out though, very first lady that I pick up for, she I, I knock on her door, she literally opens it up, keeps the screen door uh, shut and like points over to her like deck and tells me to set everything over there. So I do and she stays there in the doorway with the door closed and then when I walk off to get more of her groceries, she opens the door and brings them in, goes back in, closes the door. I go back, I bring more back over and she... Um, she, like, again, points over in that direction, which she didn't need to do. I already knew. Hadn't been that long, and I went and set them there or whatever. And then when you deliver groceries, you're supposed to get a signature. And I was like, she's not going to want to give me a signature. So when I delivered the last little bit of it, I said, so normally it would uh, require a signature. And then she just kind of was, like, shaking her head no before I even completed my sentence. And I said, but I can go ahead and, and take care of that for you. Uh, if you don't want to sign and she was like yes please and I was like okay 
so I went ahead and signed it because that's the same thing that's happening when you're picking up groceries from Walmart. They're supposed to get a signature from you, but the people at Walmart are just signing it themselves and sending it off so that you don't have to, you know, touch the thing that they've been touching that everyone else has been touching, you know. I mean, it seems fairly straightforward. But that was the first time where I saw someone that was, like, visibly kind of weird or whatever. And actually, the night before, the night before I saw some interesting stuff as well, I went into Cold Stone Creamery to get some ice cream uh, for an order that I was picking up. And they literally have the entire store blockaded off, basically. Uh, in the door, they have, like, two signs, and they have, like, the little, like, you know, uh, divider, uh, little tape stuff blocking it off and it's just tiny little space to stand in and I said huh this is interesting and they were like yeah we tried to let people inside the store and tell them to make two lines six feet apart and everything and we marked it out on the ground and everything and they just wouldn't do it so corporate made us do this and you know we'll bring it to you out the door and I was like it's mm, fine with me and then uh, that same night I went to Panda Express and Panda Express literally had a, a sign that says please use the other door and follow the tape on the ground so they literally have arrows with squares right that are exactly measured six feet apart and if you want to get food from panda express you have to follow those squares and stand within those squares in between the arrows until you get through the line or whatever right or else they won't serve you so it's just interesting seeing how these things progress so quickly because this is a matter of a couple of days you know and that's really when i was seeing it because for instance you know when i was like today when i went into walmart there was like people were trying to stay away from each other they were nervous when you got closer to them than like you know the, the 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 recommended six feet or whatever you could see the look in their eyes you know that they were uncomfortable or whatever so I was trying to be I mean obviously I'm trying to be cautious as well you know but I was just you know trying to adhere to all the regulations and not make anyone uncomfortable and then there's still the random people that just do not care at all and they'll walk right up to you or whatever a counter touch this touch that and and i get where they're coming from too it's whatever you know they they're like eh, i got a gun i'll shoot the virus in the face like i don't know exactly what their logic is but you have to kind of be respectful to everyone and their concerns so it's interesting to watch a culmination but the final thing of the culmination is literally right as I was coming back from my last um, shift my wife says yeah so Idaho is now um, stay in place or whatever it is uh, yeah I think it's called stay in place I don't know what it is stay inside your house or we'll shoot you basically is what it is and uh, obviously it's not that extreme but I like to I like to take it to the extreme it's part of comedy and um <clears throat> So, yeah, they just announced it. And in most places, including Washington, where they're actually going to shut down the borders as well, they're not going to let people leave the state, they said 48 hours to get everything in order and blah, blah, blah. Idaho was just like, nah, now, go home. Don't leave your house. Like, they didn't, they didn't even bother with any kind of 48-hour thing. They just were like, yo, Idahoans, go home now and stay there. So I was talking to my wife, and I was like, well... <clears throat> Is my job considered one of those essential ones? Am I going to be allowed to leave or whatever? And she's like, oh, yeah, yours is considered essential or whatever. You're still going to be able to leave. So then I was like, meh, it's not going to be too different for me. But traffic will be better. Boom. Yeah. Uh, uh. And there'll be more people that are forced to stay at home and have to have me bring stuff to them. Falling out of control. Mm, mm. Making money? No, I'm I'm trying to be careful. Trying to help people, stuff like that. Trying to. What well, what I'm actually trying to do is make enough 
to make up for what we are losing in our other business and like hopefully more so in case this does end up having a detriment that is long lasting which wouldn't be necessarily surprising but me and my wife had a conversation about it and she was like what sucks about this is that you know the economy is going to be so far behind and blah blah blah. you know it's going to take us forever to to dig our way back out and everything and i was like yeah i get what you're saying but also at the same time this is the whole world we're all dealing with the same thing so it's not like you know just the united states got this disease and now you know we're going to be digging our way out of a hole. Everyone's going to be digging their way out of a hole. You know, we're all doing this together. So I think it's very different than some of our other, um, you know, you know, depressions or whatever that our countries have gone, our country has gone into because this is something that's shared throughout the world. It's going to be an effort throughout the world. It's something that we can all, you know, figure out and rise above, you know? So I'm actually kind of, um, looking forward to seeing how that works because I don't feel like it's going to be, you know, because there's going to be an impact on the economy and everything, but it's going to be an impact on the economy everywhere. And, and that's obviously not what's important. There's so many people out there who are just like, I have to go to work. I have to make money, blah, blah, blah. Like they're putting their priority on that. And I'm like, if you're dead, it's not going to matter how much money you have, dude. So like, you know, chill out a little bit. We're all dealing with the same thing. You'll be fine. I don't know. It's just a lot of interesting stuff going on. But yeah, I guess Idaho has finally caught up with the rest of the world, and I'm telling you guys the things that you've already seen probably days ago. But I just found it interesting. Oh, and I forgot to tell you one of the one of the funnier things. Uh, I went into uh, one of the another restaurant to pick up pizza, doing a pizza delivery, right? And the lady said, yeah, I'm really short-staffed today. I was supposed to have a driver come in, uh, but I guess he went out skateboarding, and he was really sore the next day. So he called and said, yeah, I think I might have the coronavirus because he didn't want to come to work. So I said, okay, now you can't come back for 14 days, and you have to bring me a doctor's note that says that you don't have the coronavirus. And I was like, haha, get destroyed, <laughs> It just sounds like something my brother would do. He's just like, what? Everyone's getting this virus thing. I don't feel like going to work today. I think I might have the coronavirus. Then they're like, oh, yeah? That thing that is really serious and is killing everyone? <laughs> Go get checked out by a doctor. Don't come in here. And I just found that pretty pretty dang funny. So, yeah, we'll, we'll end that part on a, on a light uh, note there. And uh, I'll break the fourth wall a little bit and take you, take the veil down a little bit. Uh, I am coming to the last episode that I had pre-recorded. I had a lot of episodes that were, like, you know, already in the chamber and ready to go, you know, for uh, interviews and things like that, like guest episodes, I should say. And, uh, yeah, I haven't been able to leave. And what's funny is I, I had convinced myself that I was going to use this time to be real productive and uh and i have been working you know like going out and doing that kind of stuff so i have been productive in that sense but i thought it would be productive for you know on the podcast front the comedy front that i would like write jokes that i would write sketches that i would you know do all this stuff right and i, I had the intention to but it just didn't end up happening I, i've been working instead so we are coming to the last episode that i had pre-recorded so the rest i'm going to be shooting from the hip just chatting with you guys about things you know topics that are on my mind things like that so hopefully you enjoy that we're all kind of in the same boat so we can all support each other in that sense uh, you know 
give each other entertainment and stuff like that. And that's what my friends have all been doing online, you know, and I like it when people, like I said before, make light of the situation and try to laugh or whatever, you know, be careful, be cautious, don't convince people to, to be stupid or whatever. But like, you know, make memes, make jokes, be silly. And I was listening to a friend's podcast and they were complaining about all the uh, toilet paper memes and I'm like, calm down, dude. Like, they may not be the most hysterical thing ever, but that's all, that's what we're all dealing with right now, you know? So we need to be able to laugh about it, you know? We need to be able to laugh about the fact that in 2020, the most valuable resource in a crisis is wiping your fucking ass. I don't know why. It says something about our country, I guess. But all that said, though, we are going to go ahead and jump into the episode. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and plug all my shows. I have none. And I'm going to plug all of the other um, comedians' shows. They also have none. I'm going to plug all the plays that are coming up. Uh, no, there aren't any of those. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, plug... Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of another live event. I'm going to plug all the sports stuff coming up. None. There's none of those. So, yeah, nothing to plug. Everything's canceled. Stay in your house. Watch The Witcher on Netflix if you haven't caught that. We watched Altered Carbon. Pretty good. Give it a shot. Not bad. Uh, there, eh, ooh, ee. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I will. Uh, in Altered Carbon, first first season, a lot of nudity, which I, I don't really care. Like, I don't like it when it's, like, like just gratuitous and a lot, you know? Because then I'm like, cool, I get it. People have sex. I don't need to see them climax. Like, you know, like, there's a place I would go to for that much, you know? I'm, I'm here for, you know seeing some futuristic stuff and fighting and guns and stuff like that that's what i'm here for not for boobs butts and freaking climax you know pass on that but yeah when the new episode came out one or the new season i'm gonna spoil it for you close your ears if you don't want to know one pair of boobs one butt that's it and we both were from one lady that the way that my wife described her she was like she's really brave for getting naked because her body is un, is not attractive. Her butt's really saggy. Her butt's really small, and her boobs are really saggy. And I was just like, she's not bad. She's okay. Like what the? But it was just funny. That was that was the thing. The one pair of boobs and butt that, that that was on the whole entire season, and she was just like, ew! Can't believe she did that. She's so brave. So yeah, you can consider that an endorsement for the second season of Altered Carbon. And if you want to watch the first season and you haven't yet, then you know that there's some boobs and butts. No wieners, as far as I remember. So that's what you're into. Sorry. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and... I know that was weird, but we're going to go ahead and jump into the uh, show. Uh, if you want to follow me on any of my social medias, uh, I don't think I said this in the show, so it's Del Real B. Hood. Uh, and that is on Facebook... Instagram and Twitter. Twitter sucks. Um, and then also you can go to behoodpodcast.com uh, for kind of anything there. Uh, the show date's on there, I'll tell you. <laughs> Not accurate anymore. Uh, they're all canceled. And um, and also, if you want to email about the any suggestions, cri- critiques, criticisms, curtsies, um, circumcisions that doesn't rhyme with it but I still said it anyways uh, go ahead and uh, email to behoodpodcast at gmail.com uh, but we're going to go ahead and jump to this episode we have uh, ex-comic and current burrito swinger uh, Hannah Tilly she was one of my favorite comics when she was doing it she was she has a very kind of unique 
awkward energy that is very endearing. She's a one-liner comic, which you don't see a lot of uh, these days, and she just has a very kind of cool, dark sentiment to her comedy, so I wanted to sit down with her and actually talk to her. Uh, because that's the thing, when, when I would have uh, interactions with her, they were very brief. She is a quiet and shy person. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to get her to open up and talk a bit more because she's just a cool person, and uh, I encouraged her to do comedy. She probably won't. Uh, maybe she will. But, yeah, uh, it was just a fun conversation that I had with her, and I think you guys will enjoy it too. Until next time, stay safe, wash your hands, and wipe your asses. Alright everybody, welcome back to the Be Hood podcast. Uh, it's your host, your boy Brian Hood, and we are back for another guest episode. Uh, before we get into that though, the Be Hood podcast is a few things. It's your way of keeping up with me and my life in and outside of comedy. Secondly, it is your way of meeting someone new that you might not have otherwise had a chance to get to know. And then lastly, it is a storytelling podcast. Um, I personally performed extensive scientific research and I came to the conclusion that every person in the world in fact had a childhood and each one of those childhoods contained their own unique experiences. So I created the podcast so we could talk about it. Um, I'm no stranger to talking so I also use the podcast as a listening exercise for myself because I'm not the best at that. And the rules of the podcast are pretty simple which is just be open, be honest, and above all else just be you. And that leads me to introducing our guests for this episode. Uh, One-liner comic comedian. I don't know why I'm stepping over my own words I planned on saying. Uh, Hannah Tilly. So, how are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hadn't seen you much. I know. Do you still do some of the mics or anything? Or are you mostly... I, I haven't in a long time. Mostly done I, with I occasionally frequent, I frequent them. Which ones do you go to? Um, I go to Lucky You often. That, oh, okay, I guess yeah. it's not I guess really you would, an open huh? mic, but it, it's a showcase. And I will sometimes go to the comedy club. That's cool. And yeah, I didn't know you were going up at Lucky You. I don't um, go up there. No, I, I, I... You just hang out? I just hang out. I haven't performed in a while. And then, of course, I work Thursday nights at Nito Burrito, where uh, Gaffai Yourself happens. Right. So I'm there. Right. So I'm seeing a lot of You're comedy. You're part still. of it, mm-hmm. just not performing at the moment. Yeah. I just haven't had the, the drive to perform in a, in a bit, but I'm That's still fine. around it a lot. That's good. Mm-hmm. So was it like a conscious choice or just weren't really feeling it? Uh, I think it was a combination of things. I I kind of had this... Um, for a while, just jokes were just coming to me really naturally. Okay. They, they just were coming to me. And then that kind of fell off the rails, and I started focusing a little bit on personal things and... Uh, it was just kind of a combination of things. I was feeling a little bit stressed from actually getting booked on shows, which I know is kind of counter to what most comedians want. Yeah. But it was it was kind of stressful to me, and it was kind of killing the joy of comedy yeah. for me. Well, I mean, and this this will... I hope it, you don't take it the wrong way, but I feel like the style of comedy that you do is is better in like short stints yes it is so when people start booking you for 15 20 minutes yeah. or whatever it, it was hard it, yeah it gets to be <laughs> gets to be hard to fill that time because mm-hmm. it's, that kind of comedy goes better in in spurts like I yeah i preferred doing like um 
like hosting was, yeah, was hosting. okay. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really very good at it, but it was better because I could do less time. Right. And I, I mean, I would get burnt out hearing my own jokes after ten minutes. Wow. Like I'm done with my jokes because it's just kind of exhausting. Right. Well, it's hard to want to keep doing it if you're not having fun doing it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And that's why at first I was loving comedy because you just get three minutes on a mic. Right. Right. And I just had this abundance of jokes. And every week I could go and just do three minutes. And then you so. had the problem of people wanting to pay you to do it. I know. Bummer. <laughs> so I, I might find a, a you know. Um, so that's why I've been kind of off the scene. And Have you do, been doing anything else creative-wise? Um, I... No, I'm trying to get back into reading. I used to read a lot. Okay. So I'm trying to take in art right now is what I'm trying to do is take in different types of art and that still includes comedy and I'm trying to read more and watch films and read poetry and do things like that to see I mean to be to be good at something you have to see read things that are good or listen to music that's good and really so you believe I, I that think so yeah okay I think so I think that to be a good artist you have to first take in good art I think so, too. It's something, actually, I was thinking about recently, because I know that there's a... And this is going to sound mean as well. I, oh, there's a lot of things that I say. It sounded mean. Okay. I don't Maybe think I overthink you, Yeah, things. you're overthinking that. Yeah. Because um, I was thinking about it recently, because I'm sure you would agree that when you when you frequent open mics and things like that, you see a wide o- array of different people. You see people that are, seem like very naturally comfortable and talented when it comes to, you know, just kind of you know, being spurred of the moment, in the moment, feeling it or whatever, then you'll see other people that have more of a nervous energy, but they still, like, um, you can tell that they prepared and they're oh, still yeah. really good. Yeah. Absolutely. And then there's yeah. other people that, like, it seems like no matter how much preparation, they still just fall short of, mm-hmm. you know, finding that groove, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I find that the people that sometimes, like, that I feel like just don't have that thing that's going to make it to where they can turn it into more than just a hobby or whatever mm-hmm. they seem to be some of the biggest fans sometimes they right. watch everyone special yeah. they know everyone by name yeah. they're like they're yeah. like almost like a nerd for comedy like they know everyone's name and everything yeah. so it makes me think like there has to be well. more than just fandom oh yeah to absolutely. be able to grasp it i mean you have to actually have a like a respect i think and like a yeah i i, I agree with what you're saying it can't just be uh you know envy or whatever and i would actually think a lot about it because um I w- i've been thinking about like because as i had been doing the podcast i'll sit down with people and i'll get to know like them personally because we have a lot of like kind of fly-by-night conversations with people that are just more like corny lighthearted stuff where we're goofing around with the comics no. yeah yeah so we yeah. don't really know who they actually yeah, are or where they actually them. came from and mm-hmm. stuff like that so what I find is is that a lot of people have like not necessarily like dark pasts but pasts where they they were struggling with addiction or like bad relationships or whatever and the way that they find comedy is kind of interesting like um do you remember Clayton Palmquist? Yeah. Clayton when I had him on the podcast recently he told me that the reason why he started doing comedy is because he had uh because he broke up with his fiance. Oh. Yeah. He he broke up with his fiance, and um, I guess as part of the breakup, 
he said, you can just have the ha- the apartment that we're living in or whatever, because he was trying to, like, be like, hey, this this will be good for you. And he was he was approaching it under the assumption that they would get back together. Oh. So it would only be temporary oh, that no. he would be without a place to live. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And then I guess he was just going from place to place, sometimes sleeping in his car and stuff like that. And that's when he got into comedy was when he was doing that and when he was struggling with alcohol abuse and stuff like that. So it's interesting that people can use, like, low points in their life to find something that they're passionate in. Yes, yeah. That often seems to be an artist's story. Yeah. I mean, it's sad because I, I feel like I don't super identify with that. Not that I haven't had issues in my life or whatever, but I just feel like I've always been kind of a balanced person overall or whatever. I know a lot of people that have struggled with different things like substances and, and depression and things like that, and I can relate to them in different ways yeah. while not, like, mirroring any right. of those behaviors, really, yeah. particularly. Yeah, I think you can hear the... I don't hear a darkness in your comedy. Like, it, I wouldn't have thought, like, oh, Brian had a shitty childhood. Oh, yeah. He's a, you know, he does, you know, like, oxy whatever <laughs> I guess that's true. I, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't, I don't hear that in your comedy at all. Like, you, you do come across as, you know, you're, you write and you you just tell what's funny and it doesn't come from a dark place. But I I think that you can kind of hear it in people. Like, in some other people? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, this is coming from a dark place. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are a number of people in Spokane like that, and I, I'm, it's not just, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of darkness in comedy. But because, I mean, but it's a lightness, too, because at least you're taking your traumatic things and turning them into something. For sure. And one of the... It's not, like, painful, to Like, if you're avoiding... Well, true, you yeah. Know, you don't want to be using it as a cope... I mean, it's okay to be a coping mechanism, but it shouldn't be... Like, a distraction. Therapy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if you need therapy, get therapy. <laughs> that's true, yeah. And I'm sure that's probably the case for some people. Yeah. And actually, I've heard that before. I've heard that some people with that with podcasts as well. Like, they'll just do podcasts where they just, like, will just ramble and rant and stuff like that. And they feel like it's cathartic for them, which right. I think is fine. But that shouldn't yeah. be your only outlet. Yeah. You know? And it's not always entertaining for other people. True, yeah. Like, whenever I hear someone being overly angry in comedy, it's such a turnoff to me because it's like... It's just them. It's me hearing them saying, I'm mad at the world and I'm hurting. I mean, of course you can do it as a character. And if you're a character being mad, that's funny. But if it's someone that sounds like they're actively mad, this is not entertaining to me. It's not funny. Right. I think you should work on that. Well, I think it, the, the context of things and how you frame things are so important. Oh, yeah. Because, like, if somebody's ranting about something, I think what makes it funny is that is that they're self-aware that they are True. overreacting, yeah. that they're being kind of ridiculous, that they're yes. letting something bother them so much that's so trivial, things mm-hmm. like that. If they're aware of that, that's the if. I think, <laughs> I think good comics usually yeah. are aware. Oh, yeah, for for certain, yes. Mm-hmm. And then also, it's the same thing because, like, there's a lot of people that will approach comedy in a weird kind of bragging way. I don't know if you've noticed that before. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it usually doesn't work mm-hmm. because 
it's a it's a delicate thing because when you're up on stage, you're already in an elevated presence above yeah, the, you're the, the crowd. Person up there, right. Focused on you. So they don't want you to also feel like you're superior to them. You know, that some yeah. people it's their character. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and they can get away with it for that reason. But even then, you can kind of tell it's a character that it's mm-hmm. that it's it's an exaggerated personification that it's not actually who they are. Right. Because I'll see people that will go up on stage and they'll just be very braggy and everything, and it just never works. It doesn't work. Because yeah. it's better to tear yourself down, because then you're 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 becoming the jester, right? Rather than, yeah. you know, the professor. Yeah, folks usually don't sense. like an ego. Yeah. <laughs> usually. I mean, not that all of us don't have a certain amount of ego. Yeah, and there, I've heard. I don't know if it was from a local comedian or if it was like a comedian that's on, you know, that's famous. But there was someone who said to do comedy, you do have to have some kind of ego. Mm-hmm in some way or another so yeah I mean you at least have to think that what you have to say is important enough to convey to a crowd not that I necessarily think that anything that I say is particularly important Mm -hmm. and I've mentioned this multiple times just because I it's interesting different people's uh, perspective I mentioned this on the last podcast but I'll mention to you because I'm I'm sure I haven't told you yeah Yeah. (laughs) but um I went to go see Aaron I think his name's Aaron Andy? Is it? It's Woodall, the guy Woodall. Oh, yes, yes, I do know who he is. Is it Aaron or Andy? Well, uh, I can't it's remember. Aaron. Aaron, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. I went to go see him because he was one of Blake Allen's favorite, and Blake Allen's a good friend of mine, so I just wanted to, you know, I was like, okay, if he really likes him, let's see why he likes him. And when we were there, I thought he was pretty funny, like, I laughed at what he said and everything, and then Blake was just yucking the whole time, you know, doing his ridiculous, uncomfortable laugh that he does when oh, he's, yes. like, actually <laughs> feeling it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then we were sitting with yeah, Dre, Dre Bibletohose, which uh-huh. you might not be very familiar I with him. I do know who he is. You do know who he yeah, is, okay. He comes into yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with most of the people. Yeah, oh, I guess, I guess, in, I guess, in that sense, you would have seen him a, a bunch <laughs> yeah, of times. Yeah. Um, and he didn't seem to be enjoying himself all that much. And then when the show ended, he said he was funny, but I feel like when you do comedy, you have a responsibility to convey some kind of message with your art to further some kind of cause. And both me and Blake looked at each other and we were like, no, not at all. No, you don't have to do that. Like, you can choose to do that as part of it to try to... But no, that's not what people are there for. They're they're trying to forget about their day and laugh at something silly that you're bringing to them. They don't want you to to do something political or whatever. I mean, if that's what you're going to do and you can make it funny, then sure. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that actually don't like political comedy because they want to escape that because that's all they they see all over their Facebook or whatever, you know? Make fun of the news. Exactly. To your friends. <laughs> Strange. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I like, thought that was an interesting perspective to say that people have a responsibility to do that. I think it's kind of weird. Yeah, it is possibly, you know, not, not accurate. I mean, do you, what, what do you the think jesters do in medieval times, they weren't trying to further any cause. They were just trying to, you know. That's true. Just being goofy. Do you consider them artists, the jesters? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I There's do. an art to it. I Weren't the so. jesters also the ones that tested the food in some Probably, of the courts? Probably, and they made sure if it was poisoned. Oh, uh-huh, man. <laughs> that shows how I expendable com- comics are. I might just be guessing on that anyways. We're just going to say it's true. All right. <laughs> there is one thing that, I, that, um, that I've heard Jessica Watson say multiple times mm-hmm. that that uh, I will hear echoed back in my mind because I thought it was a very insightful thing. Mm-hmm. But she says that when she talks to someone and they say, yeah, you know, I'm not a very funny person or I don't really, you know, like, 
humor is not really my thing and stuff like that. Yeah. She she says, well, how do you relate to the world then? Like, oh, yeah. how do you like break tension, get to know someone, like in social situations? She says yeah. that like her and her family, how they identified with each other was by making each other laugh and, and and everything. So she was just like, I don't even understand how someone could exist without finding the funny in things. It does seem bleak. Yeah. It seems that it seems like it would be a hard way to live just being serious all the time mm. or having those, no sense of absurd mm. like you're missing out on a whole spectrum of things that's true <laughs> now I will ask just because I'm curious do you, do you aspire to circle back around to comedy at some point or is um, I think probably what I'll do is I need to write a few more jokes because mm. I've burned through a lot of them and a lot of them I'm just not interested in saying again like I've outgrown them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I'll probably always do one-liners. Okay, or that was going to be my second question. Yeah, um, I think I will probably try a mic again at some point and see what it feels like. Have you ever done a longer form joke? I tried. I've tried a couple of times, and <laughs> it was funny because they kind of just had the same effect as one-liners because I would tell them in like one line, one line, one line, like it wasn't really a, it felt like I was just putting together a bunch of sentences that, I mean, most of them weren't funny, and then like the end one was funny. I don't know. I don't know that's how to, what That's what a joke just, is. I know. <laughs> it sounds, it doesn't, I'm not really describing it very well. I guess what I'm saying is it, I'm not good at, I, I don't think I can do it. Hmm. I don't think I can. Fair I tried. I think everyone has their own style, so yeah. Yeah. And I tried to make fun of it once. Like, I, I did, like, the overly aware thing. Like, okay, I can't do the, a story, so I'm going to try to tell a story. And uh, I knew it was going to be bad, and I just let it be bad because of that. Okay. And then nobody laughed, which I knew would happen. And um, but I thought it was kind of funny because I knew it was a failure. So, but I'm, I'm not going to do that to people. <laughs> I mean, if it's at an open mic, you don't, you don't need to feel too bad. I don't think. Yeah. They're there to see kind of the the raw side of things. Yeah. What's funny though is you know, there are some people that like. They seem like they do expect a lot of you at an yeah. open mic. It's kind of weird. Like, when you see people start heckling and stuff like that, I'm like... Yeah. These people signed up they for free. Like, you know, Well, I guess bored, that's true. Like, you just want to rouse because they're bored that's or whatever. True. Yeah. But, and you can't like everyone, but still, yeah, don't have such crazy expectations. I've actually tried to write one-liners myself, and I have written them, but I... When I tell a one-liner, the reason why I don't enjoy it as much is because I feel like it's not as personal to me. Yeah. It's not conveying something about me. Yeah. When I when I do a one-liner, maybe it's because I'm not good enough at writing them or whatever. It's I. You just have to go with what's natural to you. Mm-hmm. I if you try to go against your own flow. I guess that's true. You know that's that's just my philosophy on. Hmm. Feels right. I guess that's true. <laughs> but so, it, it can be limiting, you know. Doing one-liners? Yeah, I mean it's quite limiting, and then of course you're just classified like that, which I don't mind. I don't care being classified like that. There's very few one-liner comics that have had like really successful, like long specials and stuff like that. Well, yeah. For the most part, it yeah. was just like Mitch Hedberg and mm-hmm. about it. And I like Stephen Wright a lot. Oh yeah. 
But he doesn't do exclusively one-liners. That's true, yeah. He does do some deadpan. Because one of my favorite one-liner comics is Dimitri Martin. Mm -hmm. But he does a lot more than one-liners. He does, does, like, musical comedy. He does sketches. You have to... It's almost... Like, you almost have to supplement if you're you're going to try to do a longer thing. It'd be funny, though, if you're a one-liner comic and what your passion is is one-liners, but you have to write long-form jokes so (laughs) that you can showcase what you enjoy doing right because i've actually talked to freddie walker about that oh yeah Yeah, he's been trying to do he's been trying to to write longer jokes even though he is a one-liner comic and that's what he enjoys to do because he wants to do longer sets Mm -hmm. and he's acknowledged that it's hard to 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 do one-liners all the way through a long set so he says he'll have like two or three longer stories that he will tie into his one-liners and stuff like that yeah and i've seen him try it and i won't say that it went well when i saw him do it but it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta try it. <laughs> I tried. It didn't work for me. I hope it goes better for Freddie. <laughs> All right. So I was gonna go... There's a short little kind of like interview thing that we just to get okay, to sure. know you a little bit better. Okay. So the first thing is, is what do you do? Well, I work at Nito Burrito in the baby bar. Mm-hmm. As, um, I guess I've always struggled to figure out what to say my actual job is because I am kind of a server. But it's... I'm just going to go with server. I'm a server at a local restaurant. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you do the bartending side of things, too? Um, I don't mix drinks. I just pour beer. Okay. So, and... Um, it's kind of a... It's a very all-in-one job. I'm the only person working in the restaurant. Okay. So, I'm, I'm cooking food. I'm doing dishes, which is my least favorite part. So, the bar's not always open, then? The bar opens um, in the evening. Oh, okay. And then it has its own little room, and there's a bartender in there. And um, yeah, we sort of share responsibilities, but mostly like bartenders in the bar. I'm in the restaurant, and we're taking care of our separate sections. And uh, you exclusively do that to pay the bills. What was that? You exclusively do that to pay the bills. I do. Yeah, I work three nights a week. That's all it takes. That's all. Wow. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a really fun job. Working for a local business is wonderful. It's 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 pretty. When I took the job, I was like, I don't know if this is gonna work, but there's, you know, tips go a long way. Yeah. Did you ever do any <laughs> serving before that? I didn't. No, okay. I'd never worked in a restaurant or anything. I I my first job was in a hotel when I was 18, but only for three months, and that was housekeeping. Oh, okay. Which I actually kind of liked. I liked to be to move around and be somewhat physical in my work. Mm-hmm. I, I did a desk job for a while, and I, I just I got so numb from it. I just couldn't do it anymore. So. Do you feel like working in the service industry has helped you with like be, like communication and stuff? Oh yeah, big yeah. time. I, I'm much more social. I'm still weird and awkward, but <laughs> I think that I am. I have. Yeah, I, I, I do think it has helped me. Mm. Well, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but like. I will occasionally bring people out to open mics and things like that because usually I don't because I want to bring people out to paid gigs where it's really sure. polished material and stuff like that so they can really enjoy themselves because I almost feel bad when someone gets up on stage and does like a three minute rape joke or something crazy like that because yeah. if it's killing then it's whatever you know but a lot of the times it's weird and uncomfortable and then yeah. I'm like sorry I brought you out to this this is weird. Yeah. I kind of enjoy that, but it's because I'm mean-spirited, and I like oh, yeah. to see people fail sometimes, because oh, it makes me feel better about right, myself, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I know that not everyone else can can channel the 
the negativity in that way. Yeah. 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 But um, almost every person that's even that's seen you even one time asks about you. So I don't know if that means anything to your ego or anything like that, but I thought that was an interesting dynamic about you in particular. You, Lucas Prom, Steve Johnson, you are all the people that people remember and, and they ask about. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think it's, I think you're just you stand out in the crowd in, in the way that you do things and, and your kind of uh, persona stands out in comedy. I always assumed people were just asking about me because of Casey. No. No, actually, I told you about this once before. I told you a long time ago. There was a guy that I worked with that, like, had, like, a crush on you after seeing you, like, one time. And uh, he came back and did comedy one time. Or he came to the club and did comedy one time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't to, like, try and talk to you or anything. I don't think you were even there that day. Mm -hmm. But... You were the person that had an impact when he came and watched me do comedy because he would ask about you. He'd ask about you and Scotty G, if that says anything. <laughs> oh, I love that. We Scotty G. Yeah, it was, it was, you were the two people that, oh. that stood out to him and that he would ask about. He would ask, hey, oh, is that one really skinny guy who's weird? Does he still is that come out? Tube still around? Yeah, there? and I saw. I, I thought he. This is. This is this is gonna sound bad, but anytime I don't see him coming out to comedy or whatever, I just assume he's in jail or yeah, something. You know? I think he would be fine with that assumption. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I hadn't seen him in a while, and then randomly I saw him show up to a show or, or to an open mic, and he didn't realize that you have to like email first and oh, stuff, yeah, so he wasn't able to get on. Yeah. But um, I was just like, huh, <laughs> wonder. Good to know he's around. Yeah. <laughs> He at least was that day. He might have gone back to jail after that. It was work release for comedy. Maybe he's doing something, you know, wonderful. He could be a new job, yeah. Something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to assume the worst either, but I will, though. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, He wouldn't mind. (laughs) So I'll ask you this, though. What what would you say are your dreams? What do you aspire to? Not comedy related? Or just anything? Oh. I don't know. I, I... I just love... Okay, this is going to sound... Well, it's not going to sound like anything. I I think I'm a fairly simple person, Mm -hmm. and I find my most joyful times in very small moments when I'm with people that I love, and, um, you know, I just want to... I don't have any giant dreams. I never really have... I, I guess the biggest dream I ever had was to teach French in France. Do you speak to French? Speak, I do. To teach English in France. Oh, okay. That was That's what I meant to say, because they already know French. No. <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. Um, but even that was like, it didn't, I wasn't like gung-ho about it really. It what made you want to do that though? Was uh, it learning the language? Yeah. I, I um, French <coughs> was what I studied in college. It was just a passion that I just went with. That's cool. And so you like majored in that? I did, yeah. Huh. Which you know, it's kind of looking back on it, I, I had a plan and my plan was to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. But thing you know, life things fell fell through, some things happened and you know, it just didn't happen and now I'm here, which I'm I'm very happy for where I am mm-hmm. now. And um, yeah, big dreams I mean the the things that pop into my head, like I wanna learn an instrument. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, so s- maybe write things. a poem. Yeah. You've never written a poem? I have written, uh, I have written, uh, 
poems. I haven't written a good poem. That's what I should have said. Oh. Is there a particular format you're trying to stick to or something? You want to make like a haiku or something? No, I just want to write one that feels good. Because they all feel kind of... I, I just haven't I haven't gotten very good at it yet. I well, I know think. you're there for the poetry night, right? Or is that not a day you work on? Uh, I sometimes work... I, I don't actually go to the poetry... <laughs> well, I was just wondering if you were there, because I, I didn't know if you would elect to be there, but if you're there, you probably experience it. Yeah, I'm there sometimes. A lot of those people, they are younger people, mm. and a lot of what they talk about, a, a lot of the, their poems are somewhat um, sad, you know, which mm. poetry is often sad, but it, it's just so reflective of being like an adolescent yeah and that's I think they should do that but that's not what I'm interested in so you want to hear old people talk about yep. being old I'd rather hear old people <laughs> talk about their talk about Propecia and stuff mm-hmm. that'd be cool I don't even know what Propecia is I just know old people too. Yeah, it sounds something like alopecia but probably of the worst variety <laughs> that's my that's my go to for old people Propecia I don't know I don't know what it's for right. it's probably for Alzheimer's or something yeah something real sad so anyway, I uh, <laughs> I'm gonna look that one up. We'll, oh. we'll get back to okay. that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Big dreams. I don't know. I barely can even imagine what's gonna happen in a week. And I've already forgotten big. what happened yesterday. So yeah. no, I think that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Dreams, big or small, are fine. Yeah. Um, have you ever written any bits though that talk about your knowledge of French or anything like that? Just curious. Um, not for comedy. No. No. I wrote a couple things in French before, but they weren't comedy. Have you been to France? I have. Okay. Yes. Was that cool? Would yes. you do it with with your class? Yeah, it presumably? was. Presumably, it was a study abroad, and it was a really important thing for me to do. Not just because I was studying French, I wanted to go to France, but I'd never traveled ever. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ever? I don't. I mean, I've been to Idaho and Montana. Oh wow. So you've never been to Canada? I have now been to Canada. Did you go to the French part of Canada? No. That'd be a cool thing to do. It would be. Because I, I know I their dialect like... is very different mm-hmm. than what you were yeah. taught. Because they're more of like a Cajun French <laughs> kind of thing, right? Yeah. they uh, can't, Canadian French can, and France French consider themselves distinct. And they don't want to be lumped in the same in the same language. What do they actually call the dialect? Is it just Canadian French and yeah. French yeah. French? Okay. French, I thought they'd have a better well, name France, for it's it. It's just French. Yeah. We're very avid about it. <laughs> we are the French and we speak French. And then in Canada, they're like, we are Canadian and we speak Canadian French. Uh-huh. Do not associate us with France French. They seem like they both have the same superior attitude, superiority complex yeah. about their French. Yeah, they should just get along and figure that one out. <laughs> I didn't know there was a war going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so the last question is, what's one thing you think everyone should know about you? This is a harder question to answer, but it doesn't have to be something super deep. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> something should know about me? Yeah. Like, if somebody were to to write your life story, what do you think the takeaway would be? Oh, just, like, um, I don't know, bro. <laughs> so 
sorry. I don't know. Sometimes I like to put no, people on the spot a, just to see what they'll question. say. This, yeah, you can see how I would do at interviews. You're like, why are you a good fit for this job? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you've worked in, in corporate jobs before, so. Not corporate, really. They were still local, but. So even your office job was more of a local thing? It was for medical offices, yeah. Oh, okay. So kind of a different deal. You know, it's not a corporation. It's not. Yeah, it's just yeah. I guess that would be a smaller thing. Yeah, compared to a corporate job. Mm, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do a corporate job. I could barely even do an office job at a local place. Um, okay, I don't know. Something that everyone should know about me. I don't know. I'm just like chilling. Chilling. <laughs> just fun. Here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm chilling. That's to, that's I'm one of the best fun. answers I think actually. <laughs> So we've gotten to the part that I'm sure you'd be dreading up to this point because I, I was talking about, about it. I feel better about it after that last question. Do you? Yeah. Okay, perfect. That was really hard for me. This feels actually easier. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Well, we've gotten to the storytelling portion of okay. the podcast, yeah. so um, I will I will let you know ahead of time. Um, when I when I started having people do it, I thought it'd be a good like listening exercise for myself. So I try not to like interrupt or anything. Okay. If somebody asks me questions or whatever, I'll talk back and forth with them or whatever. But I try to what I just will make notes of anything that I'm curious about for afterwards, Got it. because I feel like it's like that person's time to say whatever they're gonna say. Yeah. But some people are have gotten weirded out by that. So oh, sometimes yeah. I'll mention it. Yeah. But yeah. So whatever story you want to tell. Okay. Okay. So I had two different ideas for story. One involves my childhood and then one involves something in adulthood. Um, you can do both if you want to. Okay, I think I'll just do... Okay, I think I will do this this one. Okay. Um, so about a year ago... It was actually almost exactly about a year ago this time. Uh, my my work took us on a trip so we go on trips where I work where you work now? yeah, oh, okay. we, we go on uh, annual trips and then in the summer we do a, uh, a float trip so it's really fun we go on these, on these trips and um, so this time last year we went to Hawaii wow yeah <laughs> and uh, our bosses are it's, they're a couple and they were generous enough to book a house, an Airbnb, and uh, cover all the food and everything. We just had to buy our plane tickets. So awesome. That I, is and cool. I don't travel a lot. I like to travel, but I'm not very good at planning things like booking a house and touring, like doing tourism stuff. So this was an op- this is really cool for me to have an opportunity to do something that I probably actually wouldn't have ever done if right. I didn't have the push to do it. So we went as a group. There were maybe nine or ten of us. And Casey, my boyfriend, works at Nido as well so he got to come too which was I mean that's kind of a a, a plus side to For working sure. together as we yeah. get to do these fun trips and uh, so we went to Hawaii in February thinking oh it'll be hot it'll be warm and we'll escape you know the snowy Spokane and I had never been to Hawaii it's a long plane ride over there and we get there and I had packed mostly dresses and you know clothes that I thought would be appropriate for summertime. We get there, we get off the plane, and it is storming. Torrential downpour and wind, I don't know how gusty, but high gusts of wind, and I'm freezing, 
immediately I'm like, this sucks. I immediately hated it. Like, I hate Hawaii. This sucks. I'm, I'm kind of the negative Nancy in our group. Like, I, I'm always bitching about something. And everyone's like, Hannah, why are you so mad? I thought you were just chilling. <laughs> yeah, well, not right now, then. <laughs> uh, so, and we, get, we have an Airbnb that um, is already booked. It's a pretty far drive away. It's about two hours away. We had all agreed on this specific Airbnb. We could either have one on the beach or we could get one in this lush, beautiful hilltop uh, overlooking the ocean. But it was further away from the city, or, um, the main city, which was Kona. Okay. Uh, and so we elected to do that. So we drive <coughs> two hours to our Airbnb to find out there's no power. Oh, man. <laughs> no power and no water. Because it had, like, um, they were on a well. Okay, that's what I was going to guess. Yeah. And an electric well? I don't know the details. I just know that they gave us, the hosts were so gracious, and they brought us a bunch of water and told us how to use the toilets with this water and how they had oh. to pour water in to flush it. And so, anyway, I'm just hating it. I hate Hawaii. <laughs> And everyone's mostly pretty chill with it because they're, they're more mellow than I am. I'm a creature of comfort, so I was like, you know, grouchy about it. But the house was gorgeous. It was this big house on this really steep incline, really steep, uh, overlooking the ocean, and just trees everywhere, avocado trees and banana trees. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. But to get down to the house, um, you have to go down. It was actually pretty scary. Cause it, the, it's a really steep incline, and the ocean's just, you know, you know how big the ocean is. Pretty big. <laughs> pretty big. Yeah. And to get down to the house, it's like down in this little valley. So it's down to get to the house? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's a really narrow mud road, which was So you soaked. went with the one that was by the beach then? No, no, we we did we did go with the one that overlooked the ocean. So not a beach, just no, no just beach, near the ocean. Just near. We, well, we overlooked the ocean. It's like a re- really steep hill. It's kind of con- confusing. <laughs> Sorry. I think we were in a house. <laughs> <laughs> well, where the story gets really fun is, um, so we were out of power. We didn't have power. We didn't have water. We're like two hours from a main city. There's a little city in t- near us, or a little town near us, but it was also out of power. Uh, so for the first three nights, we were out of power for three nights and four days <laughs> in Hawaii, and it was still cold. <laughs> um, and one of the people had brought this board game. He brings it every time we go on a trip called... Oh gosh, what's it called? It's a role-playing game. Is it a popular one? Yes. It's, so it's a D and D. It's a D and D. It's it's. I don't think it is Dungeons and Dragons, but it's. It's like a tabletop game. Yeah, though. it's a tabletop. So it's a role-playing game. game. It's a role-playing game, and okay. he always brings it. Do you actually? Do you know who Danny Anderson is? I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's him. He works. I didn't know he worked there yeah. too. That's cool. We're a whole little group. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he always brings this game, and nobody ever wants to play it. <laughs> But we didn't have anything to do, so we lit a bunch of candles and just played this game for like three nights. 
You played the game every night? We played it every night. Well, it's a long game. Like, you play it for hours, and wow. you still don't get anywhere, really. So there's, like, a campaign, right? Yeah. Who was Who is leading it? Danny is always the narrator. Okay, so he was, like, the dungeon master. <laughs> dungeon right? master, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I could see uh, that. I yeah, could see oh, well, that. he's an actor. For sure, yeah. Yeah, he's very good at, at a lot of things. He's done comedy, too. I'm not sure if you... Yeah, I've seen him do, yeah. like, once or twice. So that's that was my Hawaii experience, and well, the funnest funnest part is, and this is the traumatic part. <laughs> the fun and traumatic part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Casey and I, it was a huge house with multiple rooms, and we all shared rooms. First, Casey and I shared a room. And it was the master bedroom, which we didn't ask for. Lucky. We didn't ask for it. They just said you two should be in there. Like, stay away from us. <laughs> And they had this huge bed. I, it was a king bed, I guess, but it seemed even bigger than that to me. And one of those stormy nights where, first off, I woke up and was certain that the house was going to blow into the ocean. I, I mean, I was really certain of it. Uh, and I think that same night, I finally went back to bed and I woke up and I swear I was lost in the bed. I was lost. I could not find any of the <laughs> edges, and I couldn't find Casey. <laughs> I sound like a little out. kid. I know. I felt like a little kid. I know. I was. I'm so bad. Were you at, crawling under the blankets? Is that what it was? I don't even. Well, when I was like Casey, I think I'm lost in this bed, and we didn't have any power, so we couldn't turn any lights. Get to play Marco Polo to find each other on the bed. Pretty much, and finally I find a foot. I'm at the, I somehow got to the other side of the bed. I don't know. I don't know what the hell my problem was. <laughs> Why I'm such a bad traveler, but that and that, so things did go up. I mean, that was like the low point. Things did start to go up uphill. Then the next day, you know, we got our power back. Um, but we still were used to having just candles, so we would turn off the lights and put the candles on. You still do that? <laughs> yeah. When you played the game, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it probably sets the mood pretty good for yeah. that kind of game. Yeah. So you feel like you're back in whatever time period it's set in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because usually that's like, those are like medieval kind of games, right? Oh, yeah. Was it set in medieval time, yeah. whatever one you're playing? Okay. Mm -hmm. Or were you guys doing like folklore type stuff like elves yeah, and things like yeah. that okay there were all those kinds of things what kind of character were you do you remember i i don't think i actually played i just sat and watched everyone missed play. opportunity it was still fun to watch though because it was like a fable with danny narrating that's true too. He's, he's, did casey really get into the role playing casey, of it and stuff casey didn't get into it but he did play it okay so he wasn't hamming <laughs> up the character or anything no because i could see him doing that yeah, I don't think he was drunk enough <laughs> at that point. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. So you guys were all drinking then? We were all drinking, and um, on that note, another fun thing that happened, while we were out of power for three days and nights, the hosts lived next door. Oh, okay. And they, it was, they were a couple, they were so awesome. They cooked us a big meal one of the nights, a traditional Hawaiian meal, and it was so good. And they, they just tried to be accommodating to us. Because a, a lot of people, apparently, are quite shitty to Airbnb hosts if things don't go according to plan. 
Oh, that's bad, bad reviews and all these kinds of things, which that's not who we are. Like, that's not the kind of people any of us are. Like, shit goes wrong. Hawaii has storms. Mm-hmm. But they were trying so hard to, you know, be accommodating to us. <laughs> One of the things that they did, they asked if, if we wanted a generator. They said it would power maybe one of the showers or power something small. (laughs) And we said, yeah, well, we have a blender that we kind of were hoping to make daiquiris in. (laughs) So they gave us a generator, and we used it solely for a blender. (laughs) So no showers? You guys not worried about that? No. Just took cold showers or whatever it was? Just showered outside. Showered outside. In the rain, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Just bring some soap outside. <laughs> and that's what everybody did. And, it, um, yeah. Do you remember it fondly in retrospect, or is it still like a nightmare oh, to you? it's so fond. Okay, now. good. Yeah. Because usually when you're in the moment, that's when you're upset about it. Yeah. I, I wasn't as upset as I'm kind of making it sound. I mean, the bed thing, I was pretty upset about that. <laughs> but the rest of it, I actually kind of loved. I, I love candles, and it was so beautiful just so picturesque just looking out the window you don't have any lights on because you can't yeah. <laughs> you look out the window and it's just when, when did it get the dark ocean. there oh i don't remember it seemed like it was somewhat early though oh, okay. we were there in february so i don't know how that uh, how so i was wondering if it was mostly sunny because then the power being out wouldn't be as much of a detriment if there wasn't super long dark nights yeah it wasn't super sunny Okay. And we couldn't even well, I guess swim. it'd be cloudy, too. All the but... beaches were closed because they were too dangerous. So do um, they have, like, a weather season? Did you guys schedule it during a, a weather season for that kind of thing? That well, you know? they had gone to Hawaii on a trip a few years before. I had I didn't work in Nido mm-hmm. at that time. And they went to Hawaii in February, but they went to a different island. Okay. And that island was perfect Hawaii. Hmm. And then they decided to go to this other island that apparently is on its own weather schedule. Nah. <laughs> it probably was just a, a fluke thing. Because yeah. I was just wondering, because when I lived in Arizona, there were seasons of bad weather that, oh, that, yeah. that would happen every year. Yeah. Uh, they called it monsoon, if you've ever heard that I've term heard before. That, yeah. And um, because I li- it's a desert, obviously, that's right. what Arizona is. Right. So it wouldn't get much rain. But in this time, it would get tons of rain, mm-hmm. which means that everywhere would flood. Because yeah, bad time. because the the city isn't used to water. In fact, I would talk. I talk to people a lot about washes. Do you know what washes are? Uh-uh. Um, a lot of people aren't familiar with them if they if they're from an area like this because washes aren't a, aren't as much of a thing here or a thing at all. Mm-hmm. But what washes were, were like pre-made, man-made like channels that uh-huh. most of the time are always mm-hmm. dry. Right. So kids, when, when, when we were kids, we would like play in these things because they just were like there'd be lots of bugs and stuff there and stuff like that. Yeah. But when it would rain, then that's what, how it would channel all the water into these reservoirs mm-hmm. that would capture all the water, and that just kept it from flooding the city as badly. Yeah. And um, and these washes actually were a place where homeless people would often make camps and stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of the times it would rain in higher elevations, so it wouldn't be raining at all in the area that they're camped out, and then all of a sudden there'd be a flash flood that would, like, drown them. Uh, I don't know why I brought it to that geez. sad part. <laughs> But it, it's a, 
But yeah, I I just remember that there'd be like that season of tons of rain, and I just remember like that it's strange because now that I live here in the Northwest, that's not really a thing. Not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there'll be a lot of rain, but it doesn't it it doesn't ever super flood or anything, you know. Just get like an inch on the road or something, and everyone throws a fit. That's true, though. But everyone, (laughs) I feel like people are actually worse at driving in the rain here than they were there, even though we've never got rain because everyone freaks out if the weather changes at all around. Here, mm-hmm. if it gets icy or anything, they all just yeah. lose their ability to hold onto their steering wheel or not. I don't know what the problem is, yeah. but anyways. So you guys were there for a total of four days. Then uh, we were for a week. Oh, that's seven cool. days. So you had a few nice days then after mm-hmm. the storms ended. Yeah. So it was the yeah. beginning days when you got there that were good, right? Yeah. Or bad. I mean. Yeah. Well, and even I mean, I do think of them fondly now. You know. And which island were you on? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it was the Big Island. It's called Hawaii. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that there was just an island called Hawaii. That's yeah. cool. It's the newest island. I don't know how new it is exactly, but newest in the sense that I think it is the newest to be inhabited. So they didn't have people there until recently? I don't know how recently. I just know it's the newest island. Huh. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. And did nobody check the the weather before, before you guys went? We did check the weather, and we knew there would be some rain. Hawaii rains quite a lot, and they they remember it raining in the other island too, but not like this. This was a storm. Yeah, so it was like days and days of it. Yeah, there's no breaks. Yeah, not for the first couple of days. That's pretty crazy. It was wild. Did you just never leave the house then? We did leave. We we went on drives. I don't even know what we did because we had had way too many blender drinks. <laughs> Hopefully not the person that was driving. No, not the person that was driving. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we just drove around the, the city, or the, the island. It took about six hours to drive the whole island. Oh, okay. We That's tried cool. to go to some volcanoes, but they were closed. Everything was closed. Yeah, it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. It was it was still really, really beautiful, though. And I would relive the experience again. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And um, did you grow up in this area? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know. See, yeah. that's the thing, like, when I moved here, I just assumed that the majority of the people that were here aren't from here, which is actually true. Like, is it? like most people that. aren't from here, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm discovering that there actually are more than I thought of people that are, like, native to this area. Yeah. Is this where Casey's from as well? Yeah, it is where he's from. He moved around Washington a little bit as a kid. Mm-hmm. I never did. I was just in Spokane. <coughs> but, yeah, he's, he's moved around Washington a bit. But he's from Spokane, too. Nice. Mm-hmm. Spoken nights or whatever, right? Is that what they call it? Yeah. That's yeah. a weird, it's a cute it's a weird name. Term. It's I guess. Just, yeah, it just kinda, makes you sound like you're like... It's kind of goofy. Like you'd wear a helmet and yeah. joust each other or something like that. Yeah. Sounds fun. That would be cool. <laughs> there actually, there should be a team called the Spokane Knights. Oh, yeah. That would make sense. I like that. I'll suggest that on is there a Facebook page or something yeah. I can go to? Yeah, I'll email the city of Spokane. Yeah. Tell them to get on that. What kind of sports team would it be, though? Baseball? You think Knights would be baseball? Knights. Oh, um... I don't know. Maybe... What's that game called? You have, like, little net. It's like hockey, but you have nets and you toss... Um... Land hockey. Land. <laughs> now my kids actually used to play it, so it's surprising actually that I don't remember what it's called. It's not rugby. Yeah, it's lacrosse. Lacrosse. 
lacrosse. So you think it'd be a good lacrosse team? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I gotta make a note of that. <laughs> Email Spokane <laughs> about <laughs> Spokane Knights lacrosse team. And we might not even have lacrosse, but it could be a new thing. <laughs> well, they have at least for kids, I'm sure, but that's yeah. what they need. They need their own pro team here. Yeah, probably need to get some pros. Turn some of those kids into pros. Important things to make a note of. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, wait. I started writing rather than what I was thinking <laughs> about uh, lacrosse. There we go. All right. Um, so the weather did get better. Yep. You did check the weather. Yes. Do you, you kept saying it was cold. Was it cold because of the wind or was it actually like cold like temperature-wise? It was cold temperature-wise. Okay. But every day the weather fluctuated <coughs> by, I think, 15 or 20 degrees. Because Do they have different seasons there or is it always warm like you assumed? Uh, I don't think it's ever cold. Okay. But it does fluctuate between being warm and hot. Okay. And some every day was different. Some days I would be wearing a sweater and mm -hmm. jeans, and some days I'd be wearing just like a regular summer dress. Do you deal well with the cold or no? Um, I prefer warmer weather. Well, the thing is, I actually really like the cold if I can stay inside. <laughs> and like Makes have sense. A fire sure. And, you know, watch movies and hang out. <laughs> So I, like I think idea. that means that you prefer to not go yeah, outside. Yeah, so I guess I prefer warmer <laughs> weather. And I like that I can, well, you, this might not resonate with you, but I I like outfit choices better for the summertime. Oh, well, makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. The thing I don't like about the cold is that you have to layer yeah, exactly. And if you, and, but then when you go in somewhere, it's hot as hell. I just don't like having to take clothes off to yeah. to find that right temperature because yeah, I'll end up putting on a coat, and then as soon as I go in somewhere, or it gets too warm or something. I'm constantly taking my coat off, so yeah. I'm not sweating or whatever. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. First world problems. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that was all the questions besides one. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, it's the hardest one Which of all. Which is why did Casey stay with me after I got stuck in a bed? I was going to ask, actually. Were you were you genuinely afraid? Yes, I was. I get disoriented really easily. I, I mean, even in my own surroundings. But especially in uh, outside surroundings, I get really disoriented. Mm -hmm. so, yes, I was genuinely a bit afraid. Okay. <laughs> Well, I couldn't figure out where I was because I was kind of like dreaming too. Oh, you were half know? awake, half asleep. Yeah, yeah I was like laying in bed and then, you know, lucid. I was. That makes sense. I was in a dream kind of state. So what I was going to ask though, what would you name that story if you had to give it a name? Well, Hawaii story. Just Hawaii story. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to have something to do with the bed. Oh uh, no, the bed's just a small part of Hawaii story. <laughs> Oh, okay. Very important part, but... So I was thinking it'd be, like, Lost in the Sheets. Oh, no. Or, like, like Lady in the Streets, Lost in the Sheets. Something stupid like Those that. Those are good names, but I think for my purpose, probably just Hawaii Story. No, I, I, I don't... I was... Usually I just name it whatever people give me, because sometimes they give me really <laughs> terrible names, and I think it's funny. Yeah. So, not not to say that I should judge the names, but I do. It's fine. Like, uh... You should judge the names. <laughs> but I feel like... There's a certain appeal to having things kind of be 
like candid and yeah. unexpected. Yeah. So I try to capture that. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the only people that like I know consistently listens to the podcast is Derek Schoonover. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh. And he he told me that his favorite part of the podcast is awkward silences, like when I ask someone a question that they weren't expecting or something like that. So that I'm just like. He just imagines me staring at them and then staring back at me and not knowing what to say. Yeah, that would be his favorite part, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he is openly mean-spirited about a lot of things, which is That's all right. fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, though, um, do you have anything you would want to plug, like social medias where anyone can follow you or anything like no, that? if you want to get a burrito and, you know, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Because I didn't know if you wanted to have a strong following for when you start doing comedy again. Oh, so there'll no. just be tons of people there from the podcast. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to look you up and see if they can find you. I bet you they wouldn't, though, huh? Because your social medias aren't even I your name, are they? I only have a Facebook. And even that, I, I don't really utilize much. You don't I, even have an Instagram or anything? I don't. Oh. I don't even. I don't take a lot of. I don't. I just don't know about that stuff. I don't, I don't know much about it either, honestly. It's fine that it's out there, and I like that people use it and enjoy it, but it's just not quite my thing. I know that you're supposed to use it. That's about as much as I know about it. That seems like what a lot of people know about it. They're like, I have it. I think I'm supposed to use it. I don't yeah. Know. My wife talks to me a lot about it because um, since she... Um, since she works from home and stuff like that, and she does a lot of things through social media, she's trying to, like, develop a following or whatever and be kind of, like, a personality. And from... She would be like, you're supposed to to post on all of your social media, like, six times a day or something like that. And I was like... I feel like I would be annoying the people that follow me if I was posting that much because it would just feel really forced and weird, you know? I like to post things when something funny strikes me or whatever, which... Mm isn't actually often that it's funny enough that I want to share it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I admire the people that will, like, post jokes on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, oh, you know? Yeah. Because I just never think to do that. Like, I'm just like, mm, I'll, I'll make a note of it, but I'm not going right. to throw it on somewhere for someone yeah. to judge. Yeah. Not that people Some are people too critical. Some people would probably like it. Some people probably get annoyed by it. Well, whatever. Yeah, and most of the time on Facebook anyways, I'll just put it on, I made a fan page. Just so that, like, because I don't want my personal Facebook to just only be about yeah. comedy, right. yeah, that's you fair. know? Yeah. So I try to put most of my comedy stuff just on my fan page so that then my family and stuff like that doesn't have to, like, Go to hear about every show that comes out and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and so there's probably some people you don't want on your shows. I've thought about that, actually. And I feel like yes and no, because... I feel like if they were to show up, I would be surprised and happy to see them. Sure. But then I would also feel a little bit awkward about maybe some of the things I might talk about or whatever. But I'm not super blue or anything anyway, so. No. No. So generally, I think it'd be fine. Yeah. Because I have, like, people that I know from church and stuff like that where I'm like, would I be, would I, would I be bothered if they were there? And I think ultimately I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Because most of of it's pretty lighthearted. Sometimes there's going to be people that you don't really want there, but you just got to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, like, if your go-to joke is something overtly sexual or something, that can be kind of uncomfortable if your pastor's there. Yeah. Or your parents or whatever. Your kids. <laughs> I feel like I would care less about my parents than I would my pastor. Maybe I'm wrong. Get them in the same room at the same time. I would, but they're in, they're in Arizona. Oh, your parents and? 
The bastard. The <laughs> 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 oh. No, not the pastor. That I go to church in Post Falls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. He's from California, though. Mm. The pastor is. I see. I don't know why you needed to know that, but... <laughs> He must have a story how he wound up in Post Falls. Yeah, I think he went there for wrestling. Oh, okay. I think initially he went there for wrestling or something like that, and then he moved. Uh, And then now, because of him being there and being such an avid fan of wrestling and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. there's actually a very, uh, very big wrestling thing in North Idaho. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did not know that. My my son, he wrestles. Actually, all of them did at some point. One of them is graduated or whatever. But my five-year-old wrestles and so does my 15-year-old. Oh. And my 15-year-old told me that basically wrestling is like what football is in most high schools. You know, it's like the sport that everyone follows and stuff. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. But it does look pretty big. Maybe he's just making that up to get you to go to his... It definitely is in Post Falls, though, because in Post Falls, like, it's not a very big city, obviously, but any time that they have, like, mixers, you know, where the different schools will get together, Post Falls is, like, the biggest team by almost twice most of the other teams most of the time. I almost feel like they're going around recruiting kids for high school, like, they'll be like, come to Post Falls and wrestle, which I don't think you're allowed to do. They're breaking the rules. You can do it for college, though, but you can't, like, scout for, uh... High school. There we go. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't think of that word. It's All right. a hard word. Yeah, it's difficult. I dropped out, so I, that's my excuse. That's, yeah. I didn't graduate like you and go to college. I did get my GED off, that means. That's, yeah. Every, it's just as long as you're learning somewhere. I guess that's true. Not even in school, you know. That, that's one thing I tell people, though, is like, I, I, was, I was never great at school, but yet I always still thought I was smart. I was just not traditional kind of smart. Yeah. 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 And now I don't know what I am. I'm whatever. <laughs> You're just chilling. I'm just me. <laughs> I know what I know what I need to know. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we've gotten to the end of the podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I thought it was interesting. And uh, I hope everyone comes back and listens again. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Brian. All right. Bye everybody. <laughs>